Welcome to the College Sports Insider, presented by the NCAA and Champion Magazine. I am Jack Ford. So if you have followed the world of sports at all, you know that in, in the last number of years, the world of gymnastics has been beset by a series of scandals. Um, and yet emerging from those scandals, we've seen some, some courageous acts, some courageous people who are willing to step forward and say, here's what happened to me. I want to do whatever I can to protect others so that they will never be subjected to what I was subjected to. One of the, the most significant voices emerging has been that of Maggie Nichols. Maggie Nichols now a junior at the University of Oklahoma, an accomplished gymnast, uh, the reigning NCAA all-around gymnastic champion. And she has become, not because she ever wanted to be, but she has become the, uh, one of the faces and one of the voices in this crusade to protect young gymnasts. And we are delighted that Maggie Nichols is spending some time with us here. Yeah. Maggie, it's so nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. Thank you for having me. So I want to talk about this journey that you've been on. And as with any journey, it starts at the beginning. And the beginning for you was getting involved in gymnastics. Tell us, how old were you? What was it that drew you to gymnastics? Yes, um, well, I started gymnastics when I was three years old. Uh, my parents put me in it because I was climbing over the furniture, climbing over the fence at super young age and doing kind of dangerous things around the house. And I had three other brothers too, so I was always trying to, you know, kind of do what they were doing. So my parents thought it'd be smarter and safer to put me in gymnastics where there's mats and coaches, you know, watching over me. Kind of a, a move of self-protection, protecting yes, exactly. you from you and protecting them from you. Right? Yes. Let's find some place for her to channel all of this energy and let her legitimately <laughs> climb and tumble and roll and spray. Yes. Um, do you, do, what do you remember about the earliest days of your gymnastics involvement? Mm -hmm. um, I just remember from as early as I can remember. I just loved it ever since the beginning. Um, I was always skipping the line to get more turns at the gym. And um, even when I wasn't at practice, I was at home doing flips around the house and in the grass and stuff like that. I just remember I always wanted to be the best that I ever could be. And I just loved it ever, ever since the beginning. As with, with probably most high-level gymnasts, there was a, a period of time where you had to go someplace to find higher level training. Mm -hmm. am, am I accurate in saying that? Most, you think yes. most higher level gymnasts do? And how did you decide where you were going to go to engage in that higher level training? Yes, well I started at a gym like pretty close to my house and they were pretty good, um, don't get me wrong, but my um, main coach there, she was moving to another gym that was about 30 minutes from my house, so not too far, and they were the best in the nation at the time, so they, my coach brought me along with her because she saw from an early age that I had a lot of talent, so she thought it would be a good idea if I joined her and went to a better gym with better coaching and um, you know, the best in the nation. So. Yeah. What sort of, to give folks a sense, uh, I've always believed, I was a college football player, and we always thought we put a lot of time in. We don't put any time in compared to <laughs> gymnasts, I think, gymnasts, yes. swimmers, mm -hmm. uh, crew people, I think. I, I, I lived uh, next door to some, some guys at Yale who were on the crew team, and I'd say, you guys work out all year long for like mm -hmm. five races. It's yes. crazy. Uh, tell me a little bit about, yeah, let's say when you were a teenager, what would your schedule be like in terms of your gymnastics training? Yeah, my schedule was kind of crazy ever since like seventh grade or so when I started to get um, higher in the levels and everything like that. So um, when I started high school, I started to do like half days at school because I would leave school early and go to practice because I trained for five, six, seven hours a day. And, um, you know, I'd go to school in the morning and then go to class or I mean, 
go to class and then I'd go to practice after that and then after practice I'd go I had a personal trainer too so then I'd go to another gym and do my lifting and everything like that so um, my schedule was pretty crazy you know left home at like 7:30 in the morning got home at like 8 or 9 p.m. so it was crazy and um, you know I had classes at school and then I also had some online classes as well so I was I was doing like school in the car um, my parents would always drive me because I didn't have time to get my license until I was 18 so it was crazy do you remember when you started to think to yourself, you know what, I might be developing to a level where a place like the University of Oklahoma might be a possibility for me, or maybe even the Olympics? Was there a time or a general period where you started to get that sense that maybe that could be your path? Um, I mean, ever since I was little, I always set really big goals for myself. So, um, being younger than all the athletes that I was training with, they were all, you know, committing to college for gymnastics. And so ever since I was little, I set that goal of wanting to compete at the NCAA and, um, you know, get a scholarship and everything like that. And um, also when I was little, like in 2004, when I was really little, I always watched the Olympics and gymnastics and I always said, oh, I want to be there one day. So I always set those big goals for myself when I was really little. And um, I think when I was like, 11 or 12 is when I really like knew that I could achieve those goals that I set for myself. So it was, it was really cool to, you know, go after those goals. And, and, and for the most part, you've gotten there. We talked about a national champion at the University mm -hmm. of Oklahoma. Um, looking towards a shot at the Olympics that unfortunately was derailed uh, mm -hmm. by an injury and surgery literally yes. months before. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that you even got close to coming back, I think, <laughs> was astonishing. You know, having gone through knee replacements and back surgeries myself, <laughs> I'm looking at this saying, how does she ever have surgery? And still is in the running for Olympics. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, uh, that's a, certainly a testament to you, and dedication and your ability. Mm -hmm. So let, let's talk about the, the, the detour if you will, that, that your life took mm -hmm. and, and that you've been emerging from courageously, as I said in the very beginning. So around 2015, you and your coach at the time came forward mm -hmm. and went to authorities to tell them that you had been victimized. You had been subjected to acts of, of sexual abuse mm -hmm. during the course of your training. Why did you decide back then, you and your coach, to, to come forward and to, to disclose that? Um, well, for myself, I knew that something wasn't right, and I knew that if it was happening to me, it was happening to other athletes as well, and I don't know how many or who else is going through it, but I knew that something wasn't right, and my parents were um, doctor and nurse, and so I kind of grew up in the medical field, and um, my coach's husband was a therapist himself, and so I kind of like brought it up to her, and she said, that's not right, like that's not correct, that's not how you're supposed to be treated, and so he brought it up to authorities and knew that um, I could help myself and help other people as well. It turns out you were the first person mm -hmm. to come forward with, with these accusations, yes. to tell people what was happening to you. Mm -hmm. And you said that you thought it, there might be others out there. Did you know at all back then originally, when you first came forward, did you know definitively if there were any others who had been subjected to the same acts that you were subjected to? Um, well, I wasn't completely sure. I kind of brought it up to a few of the other athletes, kind of like vaguely asked them if he was kind of doing the same treatment to them. and uh, But I wasn't. I did not know how many people he was actually doing it to and how many people were affected by it as well. And so coming forward, I didn't really know how many people were affected. So you, as I said, had decided for the reasons you mentioned, somebody had to come forward mm -hmm. and you and your coach did. Yes. For people who haven't followed this completely, what happened after you did that, after you came forward in 2015? Yeah, so like after I came forward in 2015, um, action started to come. Um, not as quickly as I should have, but um, 
but as the time went on, more and more people started to come forward and it kind of went across as this huge thing and you know more than 100 people were affected by it and um, were abused as well. So it was kind of crazy for me to watch from behind and see how many people were actually affected um, and that didn't come forward and knowing that I was the first person to come forward was kind of kind of crazy and just I, hard to even wrap my head around. It, why do you think or it took so long from the time that you came forward in 2015? You mentioned it. Mm -hmm. You would have liked it to have happened sooner. Yes. Why do you think it took so long for consequences? I mean, I think it's hard to say. I really don't even know to this day, but I think people might have been like scared and um, what the consequences may be. And I just, I feel like people just didn't really know what to do. Maybe I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. How did, how did you feel after you first came forward back in, in 2015 and you, and you made the revelations, again, first one out there to do it, mm -hmm. right, which took a great deal of courage. Yes. But after you did it, was it a sense of relief? Was it a sense of frustration? Was it a combination of things? How did you feel in, back then initially? Yes, um, it was definitely a combination of different feelings. Um, definitely weight off my shoulders getting the word out there, what I was feeling going through, and also nerves and um, kind of confusion because, you know, I was striving to, you know, make that Olympic team, and I was kind of scared that my voice would hinder that and maybe make people on the committee mad or, you know, something like that. And so it was kind of like nerves, scared, um, relief, kind of a lot of different emotions as I went forward. Were you able to, to invest yourself 100% now after that in your training um, and in your striving to get the Olympics? Or was there anything emotionally because of that that you felt held you back at all? Um, I would say maybe a little bit, yes, because it was always kind of in the back of my mind. Just because after I came forward, it kind of took a while to like have the whole story come come out to the public. People didn't really know, and so I didn't really know what was going on behind the scenes. Um, so it's kind of I felt like I would always kind of turn back to that and kind of think about that kind of often while I was training and you know going to national team camp and stuff like that. So I kind of felt like it was kind of on the back of my mind all the time. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to uh, 2018, mm -hmm. and at, at that point. There had been developments in, in this scandal. There yes. had been prosecutions. Mm -hmm. um, we've had convictions and, and jail terms imposed upon the, the man who was the primary force behind all of this, the sinister force behind all of this, according to the prosecutors. Uh, so that had passed. But there were still things happening out there that didn't seem, at least, and I'm talking about as a journalist now, looking from outside, just didn't seem to be moving forward, didn't seem to be getting resolved. Mm -hmm. Did you, what was your sense? Did you still have a sense of frustration? As you said before, things weren't happening as quickly as they should have. I think yes. everybody can agree with that now, and that's what you felt then. Mm -hmm. Were you starting to become more reassured about how things were being handled, or were there still frustrations? Um, well, I was still very kind of frustrated with the whole situation just because, you know, after you go through something like that, you'd want to see changes happen kind of right away. And um, after it being like three years and things are still not being like completely resolved, um, it's kind of frustrating. But for me, what really helps me is not to really stay focused on that situation. Um, so what's helped me is I kind of like look at the positives and everything that's going on in my life. And, you know, I really kind of focus on my gymnastics career and school and being at the University of Oklahoma, which has been like super fun. So it's really fun for me to like turn, turn my head and my focus to like more fun and um, positive things in my life.
So we get to 2018, and you made the decision. Now, you had been the first one to come forward, but there, there wasn't a lot disclosed in terms of identities mm -hmm. and specifics. Yeah. But you made the decision now that you were going to identify yourself publicly. You know, in, in court documents, there was a referral, a reference to athlete A. Yes. And you decided to, you were going to basically come out and say to the world, I am, Maggie Nichols, I am athlete A. Why did you decide to do that? Um, well, it kind of took a while for me to decide whether or not if I wanted to come forward publicly or not. But um, I came to the conclusion that coming forward, it would help not only myself, but it would help other girls as well and other people if they're maybe going through the same thing and um, that I could be an inspiration for them and kind of use my platform and my voice to you know, help others and inspire them to maybe come forward or speak what they're going through. And so I felt like it would help um, others as well. When you made that decision and you came forward and you said, there's a, there's a face and a name to Athlete A and I yes. want you to hear my story. I guess it's a two-part question. First is, what were your expectations as to how people would respond to that? And then how did the reality about how people responded compare to your expectations? Yes, um, I guess I really didn't have too many expectations. I kind of was just feeling a lot of different emotions. I was um, very nervous to come forward to see what people's reactions would be, but I was also very excited to, you know, see if I could help other people and inspire other people. And so, you know, that day I came forward, I kind of put my phone away for that, kind of that whole day. I didn't look at my phone all day until after practice and after classes and stuff like that. And then um, that night when I looked at my phone, I had a ton of text messages and people messaged me on social media, just like how proud and um, how courageous I was. So it was, it was incredible to see all the um, amazing feedback that I got. So it was incredible. Talk about the, the feedback from your teammates. Mm -hmm. How did they all, did, first of all, I, I guess a better question is, did, did many of your teammates know about this and, and you're having been victimized and subjected to these, these acts before you came out and said, I am Athlete A? Um, well, actually, only one of my teammates knew prior to, before I came publicly forward, mm -hmm. but um, the day before I came forward, I kind of brought the whole team together, and me and my coach, um, we brought the whole team together, and we told them that I was going to come um, forward and go public about the whole situation, and kind of told them my situation. And so they kind of knew like a day before, but they mm -hmm. didn't really know um, much about it. So after I came forward, they were just um, they had so much support towards me and so much love. So it's just amazing to have my whole team behind me, and they're like my sister. So it was amazing to have them. It's interesting you say that. My daughter was an athlete, she was a lacrosse player at Yale. She's now a doctor. And I've often thought, you know, I was a football player at Yale. Now we had 100 guys on the football mm -hmm. team. You know, she had maybe 28 on the women's team. Uh, my son was also a lacrosse player at Yale. Again, about 28. Mm -hmm. But I've often thought there's something almost magical <laughs> about the bond mm -hmm. that you see with female athletes, is, is it, and, and, and in some ways uh, you look at it and you say, boy, I wish we had that. Is that an exaggeration, do you think, or, or have you found that to be true for your experience? I find that to be pretty true. I think just going through the 6 a.m. workouts and going through all the heart conditioning, the practices, and going to all the competitions, traveling, I think that, I know for my team, we've grown so close and we're just like one big family. Um, we all have such a strong bond and it's just, it's so special to share and um, you know, the time is flying by and I, it's just, it's sad to see I'm already a junior and I don't want it to go by any faster. So it's incredible to be part of such an amazing team and such an amazing bond. 
With the passage of time now, it's been about a year or so since you came out and, and made that announcement. Mm -hmm. how, how, if at all, has your life changed? Um, I think my life has changed in a few different ways. I think, for one, I've grown as a person, grown a lot stronger physically and mentally and everything like that after coming forward. And also I feel like um, I've been more of an inspiration to a lot of different um, girls and you know older people as well. And just a lot of people look up to me nowadays, I think. It's just, it's really cool to see. Did you expect all that to happen when you decided to come forward? I really didn't. I really wasn't expecting too much. I kind of was just a little bit nervous and anxious to see what would happen, but to see it all kind of unfold and all the people who um, are inspired by it, it's just amazing to see. If in a conversation with a, a another younger female gymnast, mm -hmm. um, they say to you, well, I, I've had problems too, mm -hmm. regardless of what they might be, maybe not mimicking the extent of the, the difficulties that you went through, but said, I, you know, I've, I've had problems, I've had difficulties, I, I'm upset, sometimes I feel angry mm -hmm. about it. Uh, what kind of advice can you give them to help them get through that and you know, continue with both their gymnastic careers and their lives? Mm -hmm. Um, well, for me, what I would tell someone who may be angry or going through a hard time is just to really look at the positives in the situation and, and to really set your mind to the goals and the dreams that you have set for yourself. That's what I really like to do and just to really, you know, give 100% of what I'm trying to do and no matter what I'm going through, if it's good, bad, um, if I'm struggling, just to really, you know, dig deep down and be positive with the situation and just give everything that I have and just enjoy every moment because what you're going through is going to make you a stronger person in the end. So mm -hmm. just to be positive with everything. Mm -hmm. When you look back on it um, and, and on, on your decisions to come forward, be the first person to come forward, now your decision to, um, to say, here I am, I'm athlete A, Maggie Nichols, mm -hmm. here's where I am, here's what I do with my life. Are there any things that you look at, I don't want to call it regrets, but things that you say to yourself, maybe I could have done them differently, or are you, are you satisfied with the way things have played out? Um, I think I'm pretty satisfied with everything. Um, I don't really have any regrets. I feel like I've done everything that I possibly could. Well, you are the, one of the recipients of the NCAA's Inspiration Award, mm -hmm. and for those listening to us who don't know what that is, <laughs> essentially it's an award that, that is presented to basically ordinary people who found themselves capable of doing extraordinary things when confronted with some of the great crises in their lives. And, and I think you are a perfect definition of, of that award. So, Thank you. you know, it's, it's, you have taken a difficult, horrible circumstances and you've made it a, a positive in your life and, and maybe as important in the lives of so many others. So, so Maggie, it, it, it's a pleasure to meet you and have a chance to chat with you. Uh, our thanks to you for what you've done and good luck to you in the future. Thank you so much. All right. That does it for this edition of the College Sports Insider presented by the NCAA and Champion Magazine. I'm Jack Ford, and we will look forward to talking with you again real soon.